today on the show. We're uh, checking out the underground band you probably haven't heard of, the Ashen Wolves. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Caleb. And I'm Wade. Joining us once again. Second time. Exactly. Like, the Elden Ring episode just turned out so good that we were like, okay, we'll keep you around. Feels like a lifetime ago, but, you know. Yes. I, I died, I rose as a tarnished, and now we're in the land of Fodlin instead of the lands between. Mm-hmm. And uh, this place is a little more jolly. Just a little more jolly than your typical FromSoft world. Weird, weird, uh, what is it, hearing, hearing the voice of quasi-deities in your head? <laughs> well, it's a, you know, a lolly demigod, you know, better, subjectively an improvement <laughs> over, you know, getting killed by a millennia a thousand times. Yeah, is she a demi? She's a full god. A uh, progenitor god, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, the... At some point, at some point, the specifics about it are. We need, just know she causes be, mommy problems. I I mean, pretty much. I mean, well, to be fair, it's absence of her that gives other people mommy problems. Yeah. Byleth has probably the least mommy problems of anyone in the game. Yeah, he's like <laughs> super chill about not having a mom. Everyone else has Byleth's mommy problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's a spoiler for the DLC that we're talking about yeah. today. <laughs> And so anyway, as that goes on, today we are talking specifically about Abyss, the location from the DLC for Fire Emblem Three Houses that fundamentally changes how we interpret the rest of the world and, in notably, proves most of the game's authority figures actively wrong about pretty much everything. What a twist. What a twist. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a substantial addition to the game's narrative and lore. Mm-hmm. So I will say that we're just going to be talking about uh, spoilers both for Three Houses and the DLC Cindered Shadows. Our discussion is going to be relevant for and occasionally refer to Three Hopes, but we are mm-hmm. going to be keeping away from major spoilers related to that. So if you're in the process of playing Three Hopes, this is still safe. If you um, Or in the process be- of watching the cutscenes on YouTube, like I have yeah. yet to do, but you know... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't like Musos. <laughs> um, exactly. But Three Houses, if you haven't beaten it yet, why are you listening to this? Go beat it, it's so good. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, arguably Goaty 2019 in a year of legendary mm-hmm. games. It was 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're going on about the Ashen Wolves, personally, my favorite house. I'm, I'm an Ashen Wolf, and you all can fight me. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I can go into this, but... Ashen Wolves would be my favorite house if they had more, like, main core narrative substance instead of, like, oh, these are DLC that we're kind of retroactively fitting into the core narrative. So I lean more towards the Silver Snow route, which might be controversial to a lot of people, especially my friend group who all side very heavily towards Edelgard's route. But Correctly so. Cough, cough. But. Well, you know, I just feel like from a narrative point of view, it has personally the best payoffs, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. But it, like, but I, I was telling 
I was telling Caleb if uh, if Ashen Wolves had like a true mainline, you know, narrative payoff, like a true ending, the same way the other routes do, I feel like it would be like quote unquote objectively like the golden ending in his oh, words. Yeah. yeah, I I know fully fully agree. Although in all reality, like we we could get into the Edelgard versus Silver Snow yes, uh, debate could. of things, but the thing is, I'm wearing a shock collar that hits me if I uh, mm. argue with Edelgard in an episode that's not specifically about Edelgard. See, I, so I don't have that. Can, I, so I don't have any limit to my power. Curses. No one can stop me. <laughs> but all I'll right, refrain. All right. I'll I'll impose a a mental a mental limiter. Uh, the, well, the thing is, I actually installed it in your chair. <laughs> oh, Shiza. Um, but yeah, the so the point is, both either of us we uh, receive an electric shock if we talk too much about Edelgard um, in an episode that is decidedly not about her. Well, she's uh, she's involved. She's. <laughs> Hey, this is I'm I'm saying in a relatively relevant sense that she's involved. Fair enough. I think um It's not that, wrong to say that she's involved in the story of the DLC. That is fair. I mean, all of that having been said, we love hearing from our listeners. So you can email us at podcast at loreparty.com with your thoughts and episode ideas. Our teams also stream on Twitch uh pretty regularly, so you can follow them on twitch.tv slash lore underscore party and of course connect with us on instagram and twitter at lore underscore party can i plug something i i have my own personal twitch channel uh twitch tv slash ron's pies um i thought about switching it to input one to match my youtube channel but i just felt like i don't know having it tied to my name made more sense but anyway um i've been streaming a lot of street fighter demonstrating cataloging my journey from trash to god uh, so if fighting games are your scene, then I would appreciate a follow and a something like that. It, it may be relevant to something I do later for a lore party, which is why I bring it up. Fun, fun. A little tease for the future. A little tease. Dialing back to um, kind of why we're talking about this and what the point of all this is, is I think like three houses and Fodlin as a universe really are interesting because they do encourage a lot of these ideological discussions about who in the story was or wasn't justified in their actions reaches carefully for my collar. Um, <laughs> um, and to what extent? So a lot of different people have a lot of different takes. I think that's, yeah, well, just to chime in, I think that's what makes this game so awesome and why it's persisted for so long is because, you know, that's kind of why it was cool having all these different routes is because you have all these different things to identify with and fight for, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> ideologically and as a, fan, as a fan, you know, against other fans. Oh, fully. Oh, yeah, fully. Like, and I think that's why I'm really excited about this episode, because I feel like this is a take that gets um, overlooked, mm -hmm. even if a lot of it being overlooked is kind of, you know, like you said, it, it comes from a DLC, and even then a DLC where the significance that it actually does have on the story isn't really obvious. But perhaps it being overlooked is like, you know... Yeah you know, kind of poignant or, you know, kind of yeah. kind of relevant to the overall theme of the DLC itself. That's fair. That is, <laughs> that is definitely fair. I think today's topic is a take that I think does get often overlooked, even if part of that is that it's a both just a DLC, like you said, and even then a DLC where the significance of it isn't necessarily obvious until you think about it, which, you know, maybe that's the point because that's what you had said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of uh, relevant to the DLC that... People kind of overlook what it's trying to say when, you know, we'll get into it. But one of the core 
tenets of you know what the narrative of the DLC is proposing is just being overlooked in general, despite having great ideas. Exactly, and we'll uh, we'll get more into that uh, right after this break, real quick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are back covering the... I guess the basics of people who maybe haven't played the DLC in a minute or people mm. who um, haven't played the DLC at all. The basics of what Abyss is. It's a collection of people that the Church of Seros kind of disavow or find inconvenient as a result of their worldview. So heretics, immigrants, gamblers, criminals, so on. Um, so specifically the people that they can't really justify outright killing, kind of, you know, the Lord Lenados of it. Mm that they don't want to have around. So I actually, I just realized something. There's a, a part in like the main story where you're kind of tasked with rounding up. Like I forget what, what, what exactly they are there, but they're like blasphemers from another church. And it's kind of your first insight into like, Oh man, the church may have a dark side to it. It's like when you kind of round them up and bring them back and Rhea kind of is like, well, what do we do with them? Mm -hmm. Obviously abyss wasn't really a part of the story, but Perhaps that's, you know, where oh, their like fate lies. A lied. lot of that's foreshadowing, yeah. They, they foreshadowed the F out of Abyss. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think it was implied at the time. It's like, oh, they're dead, you know. Mm -hmm. They execute the blasphemers. But I think the, the, the existence of Abyss, um, in hindsight, kind of implies perhaps a different fate for a lot of the people who you, you may have thought that the church just outright executed or, you know, silenced. <laughs> Exactly. But I think, like, what is it? Like, Happy and Constance at different points. Like, Happy at one point makes the comment, they think they need a place like this for Garrig Mach to thrive, suggesting that the implication here is that because you can get these undesirables out, it makes the church itself purer because you've removed these impurities. Mm -hmm. Constance at one point makes the remark, all they did was fail to clean their basement. So do you think that, like, Abyss kind of exists as a way to like, like, well, we don't want to be the full bad guys. We don't people know that we're just outright like executing oh. and exiling people. So instead of executing them and everyone knowing we're the bad guys, we'll just send them to this place no one knows about. That way we can still maintain our image. Fully. It's where people get swept under. It's where people and ideas get swept under the rug. So the church isn't as bad as. No, I'll, I'll stop the Silver Snow propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, they're not all bad. <laughs> they could be worse. <laughs> the Church of Saros could be worse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. So, kind of building off of that, too, the Ashen Wolves are a quote-unquote fourth house mm. um, that's a part of the school. So these are students or people of the student age within Abyss who want to learn but for one reason or another they don't or can't belong to the other three houses um sometimes it's because they've been kicked out of the school other times it's because they can't be seen in public mm. 
So, like, I was curious about, like, the logistics of the Abyss. So, like, do they have professors who come in as a side gig? Do they, like, smuggle in learning materials? Like, how does that actually function as, like, a student body? So, I mean, the the DLC covers that a little bit. It sounds like, for the most part, the bulk of it is what faculty members of the school are willing. Because mm-hmm. I know there are some real ones who kind of hop back and forth. Well, what I mean, though, is, like, there are uh, faculty members like uh, Elfric before mm-hmm. he That's gets kicked out. That's the specific out. one, yeah. Um, but then on top of that, like, they heavily imply uh, Byleth is, yeah. um, ends up doing some work down there. And so I think... And I think, like, that's a lot of what it is, where it's just one of those things where these are the people who they aren't being given a structured education. Yeah, they make do with what they have. This is this is the structure that they have made for themselves. So Fourth House is kind of a, it's not an official thing. This is a name they gave themselves. Yeah. Because they wanted to learn, but they were not given the infrastructure to do so. And this is what they were able to accomplish with it. Yeah, and I guess like it would make sense also because they would be learning with material that was also cast out. Mm-hmm. So like they in and of themselves are like learning like stuff they shouldn't, you know, they they shouldn't exist and they're learning stuff that they shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that really does go into a thing though because like the official belief in this is that these people are bad for society. In mm-hmm. theory, abyss at least according to the church, should be a lawless hellhole where its residents are all killing and robbing each other because these are the people that the church said are toxic for their own community. <laughs> You're toxic. I'm banning you from this lobby. Pretty much. But, like, that's the thing. It isn't that. Like, they kicked these students out because they didn't think they were conducive to learning, and yet, given no resources, they formed a school. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's like they want to learn even more because, like, well, what do they not want us to know? It's like all the more reason to want to be educated. I mean, I mean, there's elements to that, but it's just more along the lines of the fact that, um, like, just even just more expanded to the village. Um, yeah. The residents, like, have a rough life, but most of their troubles either come from outside influence. So, like, invading mercenaries of the church or a lack of resources also caused by the church. So you do really get those, like, yeah, you do get people that um, it's a lot of, like, a lot of it is to spite the church. But even when a lot of it is just to spite the church, an active community is being built out of the people who were specifically told they can't be used to build a community. Yeah, and they it's kind of a, a community built on... If the profundity of that makes sense. Yeah, and it's a community built on helping each other, pretty much. Exactly. And so, like, that's the thing. The The fact that it exists and the fact that it's not a hellhole, it means that both the church and Fargus are fundamentally and demonstrably wrong about humanity and Fodland society. So, of course, Abyss is keeping them secret. Of course, this isn't something that they publicly tell people about. It proves them wrong. Exactly. That's the, on the one hand, like if you if you tend to like sweep things you see as trash under the rug, like that's one thing that is in and of itself bad. But if you tend to sweep things under the rug, but then the things that you sweep under the rug that you've decided are like trash and refuse, like once they start to unionize, <laughs> form a better house than the things that you didn't sweep under the rug. Like that's the thing. If if the things that you decided to leave around are worse than the things that you swept under the rug, like of course, like that's a thing that you would keep secret. There are a bunch of uh, Blizzard QA testers who decided to unionize. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, <laughs> we didn't think this would happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. And so Abyss keeps it secret because it proves that they're wrong. Proves that there's another option. They don't necessarily need the church's protection to function as a society or community. Exactly. And I think with that, we will be right back after this ad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. So I think to, uh, like, build off of that, like, because, like, you were, you were talking uh, more about the logistics of it. Because, like, we do see the people that do get in those positions of authority, like, that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, the people that are there are largely there from either their own initiative or some degree of earned respect. Mm -hmm. So you've got Yuri, you've got Elfric. And so, like, and then we have a school, a library, community donation bank, mm -hmm. like, a market, all these individual businesses, like fortune tellers, all of which appear to have formed and been sustained by the community. Like, yeah, and well, I, I also wanted to briefly touch on, like, speaking of the library, you know, I, I was doing a little digging, and the library is literally known as the Shadow Library because it contains like all these different forbidden texts and stuff that were banned by the church. That they didn't want people to read that you i think as Bioleth, there's like a side quest you smuggle them you 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 have the resources but you smuggle more in um mm -hmm. for for more research so oh. it is kind of like a haven for like not necessarily like anti-church reading but just like here's all the stuff they didn't want you to know exactly like it's you know aptly known as the shadow library but again like this this wasn't an organized effort by one individual with a lot mm -hmm. of money this was community effort a community effort this is what happens when the church takes their hand off and isn't ruling over people's lives they make a library oh public libraries well, they make a bigger library like, that's the other thing <laughs> it's like literally a public library because like everyone pulls in their own stuff <laughs> It's, a, it's literally a public library, but on top of that, like, let's also talk about the fact that, like, if we're just going based off of the size, the Shadow Library is larger than the actual library in Gerigmach. Pretty much. I mean, that might just be a scaling issue <laughs> from the I mean, developers, but maybe it's intentional. I mean, oh, I mean, like, whether it's a scaling issue or not with the developers, because, I mean, like... To be fair, we also don't it? see the full mm. breadth of the library in Gerigmach. We, we only really mm. have, like, the one area... We can mm -hmm. actually roam around in. I think it's implied that it's much bigger, but still. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that, that applies to both. But, I mean, yeah. more along the lines of more expanded. But these are still design choices that the developers made. Yeah. The, the developers could have copy-pasted the rooms that they were using for everything else, had a single one-room thing that was a copy-paste of the other assets they had already built, and just called it the library room. And called it a day, but they didn't. The room that they decided is one of the largest rooms in Abyss. Mm. And it's just one of those things where it really does kind of make you... It challenges the basics of how you think about that. Yeah, of course. Um, and so I think kind of building off of that too, 
you go to like all of these other things that you see down here. You see criminal rehabilitation. You see commoners and highborn living and working together as equals. Um, there's one point that you see a shrine um, to mm -hmm. an unknown deity. So this is also where the heretics are put. This is mm -hmm. where people are allowed to worship gods other than Sothis. Mm. And there's actually one point um, later that you find out a, the shrine is actually a Dagden deity. Mm. That, that would be and, like where um, the Dew is from, right? Uh, well, that's where Shamir is from. Shamir, right. Where, where's Dudu from? Dudu uh, is Dusker. Dusker, that's right. Yep, yep. I'm silly and I haven't played in a while. No problem. The, all of these uh, different areas with uh, names. <laughs> well, it all starts with a D. Yeah, look, look, as long as you don't, con look, as long as you don't uh, confuse, um, what is it, like a Srang in Albania. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they build all of these things, and it's achieved with a degree of hardship, but it didn't really require bloodshed or subjugation to form. It was just people in a position that they were allowed to be themselves. But they were subjugated. Well, they so you were, can still argue it's the product of subjugation, just not in, of each other. Effectively, yes. Like, it, this wasn't, we have killed people to allow yes. um, the, this thing of an unknown deity. It, the things that exist in a, Abyss very much exist despite the church, not because of the church. Yes. With that, though, like, I think it really does tie into the, like, three leaders uh dreams uh -oh. um actively like being uh what is it the three leaders different dreams were like literally living right below them mm -hmm. so and um, a world got... without crests in a world without power structures and bureaucracy exactly. so you've got dimitri he's like regularly pondering about what should be done about people with a sordid past his entire arc um largely stems around the ideas of self-forgiveness forgiveness of others and yet, beneath him, in his first year, was, is a city where uh, past criminals in various stages of personal reform are not only being given a second chance at life, but they're doing well for it. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways, Yuri and Balthus are directly what Dimitri is speaking of, like criminals trying to take care of themselves mm -hmm. and their own while hoping to redeem themselves for their past. Yep. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> exactly. And I think, like, what is it? In, you know, in a little sidebar related to that, if uh, any Dimitri stands are ever feeling doubts about their choice of attractive blonde noble who went insane after watching their family be killed in a battle that was staged as part of a proxy war to provoke racial tensions, ours in the Ashen Wolves has fewer war crimes and a spell that can make your tea change color. So there is that. Are you referring to Constance? Yeah, yes. <laughs> She's the best character. Uh, best, character. best character. Sunny and Shady, love them both. Y Yuri is a, a good contender too, but Yuri, my, my Yuri favorite good... of the Ashen Wolves is Constance, of, for of, sure. Yeah, agreed. The, be the best five characters are the four Ashen Wolves. Um, <laughs> on top of that, though, we also go into uh, Claude. Claude mm. dreams of a world where people live side by side despite being from different religions, cultures, races. Um, outright states at one point that his dream is just being able to look and see people from Almira, Fodlin, Dagda talking to each other in the street at the market like it's normal. Guess what? That li <laughs> literally happens in Abyss. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
and to top all of that off, like Edelgard. Uh oh. Like, ow, 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 ow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Edelgard's dream of a world where nobility and crests are not the measure of a person's worth, where people can be cared for despite their background and positions of leadership are earned rather than born into. Like, that exists below her. Like, Isn't it revealed that, like, Yuri has some kind of lineage that would. Is it Yuri? No, Yuri is it like he he is like that's not his real name. Constance is the one who kind of had a. Uh, um, Happy was tortured by Slithers. If that's what you mean. No, I mean like there there are characters with noble pasts, who are oh a part of the story, aren't there? I could oh, be misremembering. Um, Constance. Oh, Constance had a uh, what is it? So Constance is a direct descendant of um the Apostle Noah. Oh, yeah. um, and she's a and she's nobility. Um, yeah, so she has like a direct claim to nobility, and yet here she is with everyone yeah. else, mm-hmm. fully. And then that's on top of um, Happy, who apparently is a descendant of I forget how it's pronounced T- Timotheus. Timotheus, sure. And then Balthus, who's a himself a descendant of Chevalier, mm. and then um. So fun fact, Yuri is actually uh, not a descendant of um, Aubin. Yuri has the crest of Aubin. Um, mm. He didn't get it from his lineage. He was given it by St. Aubin oh, directly. I didn't know yeah. that. Is that so, I guess that's probably something that's divulged in the okay, story. So this is, this is Three Hopes spoilers. So oh. we are, I, I'm actually going to say Three Hopes spoilers. Um, a little late for but, that, but... Yeah, so when Yuri was a kid, an old man um, came into his village and healed him up and taught him to read and write. Um, so that's a lot of how Yuri got his start in life, was learning the relatively rare skill of being able to read and write at a young age from a passing person who had he- nursed him back to life from a plague. This is stated mm-hmm. in Three Houses. It is revealed in Three Hopes that that person, uh... the way they healed him was by giving him a concoction that is implied to have been made from his blood, which is how crests are passed. Mm. I mean, that's what crests are. Yeah. And Aubin himself, like, was a uh, healer who brought Yuri back, but in healing Yuri, passed the crest to him. Mm-hmm. And so it's this is implied in Yuri's supports with Sedeth and Three Hopes. I see. Yuri. Also, mm-hmm. raging bisexual. Yeah, all the one of the few canon bisexuals. Mm-hmm. Don't they like um, go kind of hard on that in Three Hopes? Oh, Three Hopes, I. They pretty I much make so everyone much. who should have been in Three Houses like. Oh yeah, um, Yuri, um, Yuri full on flirts with Sylvain. Hell yeah, Yuri openly flirts with Sylvain at one point, and it's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, getting a little sidetracked. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's it's all. I just that's, remember anyway. that's like one of Yuri's striking feature character traits, mm-hmm. even in Three Houses. Mm-hmm. And so, dialing dialing back to the person I can't talk about without uh, hitting without hitting my collar. Um, <laughs> so Edelgard has the nobles living down there, but mm-hmm. on top of the nobles, there's also a victim of the Slithers. Mm-hmm. Happy is also a Slithers prisoner, um, and Constance, her life was destroyed by the politics of the Crest system, and they live with people who actively help them live with and heal the results of their trauma, 
and themselves are actively contributing to protecting and building this community around them. Mm -hmm. Like, this is exactly the world that Edelgard wants to build. Yeah. What Happy and Constance have in their relationships with each other and with Abyss around them is what Edelgard is fighting to create. Mm -hmm. So this both, in a sense, proves her partially... Sorry. Correct. Ow. Oh, well, um, <laughs> partially. I'll, I'll accept it. And, it. and it also proves her uh, partially uh, incorrect because yeah. it shows that this was possible without Doing bloodshed on the part of the people who <laughs> did it. Yeah. Like My main problem with Edelgard. <laughs> exactly, though. And so that really does kind of tie into, you know, to kind of wrap everything up into our final thoughts. It's not fully the version of reality that any of them would want it to be, but Abyss really does show that what Claude, Dimitri, and Edelgard want is fully possible, and it shows their dreams aren't actively contradictory to each other, and it also does show that the church is wrong for actively hurting them, like, and actively, like, fighting them in it. Well, it demonstrated that the power structures in place were, like... And all, while the ones that created this society are also not ultimately necessary. Absolutely. And it just kind of like brings a lot of that to uh, light. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention that, like, I feel like the existence of Abyss with all the points that you've made, you know, how it does kind of it is kind of a physical representation of all of their their dreams and goals I think it just highlights the tragedy of the story in Three Houses even more that it had to go the everything kind of went the way it did in every single route, despite there being this other option where, you know, hey, we could have just expanded upon this instead of, you know, I don't know, needlessly clinging to our own personal things. There was a compromise here that pleased everybody, you know, all of this crazy all these crazy things that happened didn't necessarily need to happen mm -hmm. which makes it even sadder oh, i mean yeah fully like that's uh my thing all it would have taken for a golden route is to have these four attend the school properly that's yeah. all, that's all <laughs> well that about wraps it up we hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on apple podcasts it really helps us grow the show and be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.